you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And it is your boy, Trav. And we are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome back to the show that we do. The Oscar Worsty Podcast, Thursday show, Thursdaysy, where we take a look at the oeuvre of a perennial Oscar bridesmaid and knower of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? This week, we're watching Goodfellas, the story of the rise and fall of gangster Henry Hill and his shenanigans from the 1950s up to the 1980s. All right. And is this everybody's first time watching this film? No. No. Absolutely not. Anybody remember their first time watching this film? Hmm. No. Another one that, uh, like, I'd seen edits on TV when I was probably in middle school. And I was like, okay, what is this? But then, like, once I got to high school and I really started getting more into film, um, and I got this movie on DVD, sat down, finally watched it in the early 2000s. So, since then, I've, I've <clears> only <throat> seen it probably two or three times properly. So, mm. yeah. How about you, Paul? Uh, I think the first time I watched this was after AFI did their first list in 98. Okay. And it was, it was number 94, so it was almost 20 spots below Dances of the Wolves. That's wild. <laughs> um, also, keep in mind that Scorsese had films much higher than that. So, mm. they're probably say, just... Also, keep in mind there's a lot of swearing. There's a lot of violence. You know, you know, I definitely just feel like those things play a factor in the Academy. I know you're talking about the yeah. AFI list, but yeah. in general, that stuff plays a factor. Yeah, uh, especially around this time. Yeah, so I, I think it was not too long after that. This is one that I watch every few years just to kind of keep myself up to date on it. Mm -hmm. Because it's one of those ones that I forget some of the smaller details of. And then when I rewatch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the yeah. thing that happened. Mm -hmm. so, I like a movie like that. Yeah. Uh, we do have an Oscar breakdown. Break it down! Our Oscar breakdowns nominated for six Academy Awards. Mm. Uh, Best Picture, which it loses to Dance with Wolves, of course. Best Director, Martin's back in that category for the second time in a couple of years. Uh, and he loses that to Kevin Costner for Dance with the Wolves. Uh, Joe Pesci picking up Best Supporting Actor. Mm -hmm. The only win that the film garners. Mm. Uh, Lorraine Breaker uh, gets nominated for Best Supporting Actress, which she loses to Whoopi Goldberg. Best Adapted Screenplay, Martin Scorsese and Nicholas Pelleggi, Pelleggi, who lose to Dances with the Wolves. And Best Film Editing, Thelma Schoonmacher, who loses to uh, Dances with the Wolves. Yeah, mm. and that's just bullshit. I mm. absolutely agree. Can, if, yeah. if there's, can we go if, down and kind of? I just, I just want to, real quick. It should have won best film editing, and it should have won best adapted screenplay. And Scorsese should have won best director over fucking Kevin Costner. <laughs> I, I also think it should have won best picture, and that's not me giving away our question on this one. So, right. Well, oh, on, I agree with all your points. I was going to say, Zach, you got to tell him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> best no, yeah. editing, best directing. Yes, best picture. No, I was saying uh, you got to tell Paul you're showing your hand kind of early there, aren't you? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. 
You got to scold him, damn it. (laughs) Well, we kind of talked about it yesterday a little Mm -hmm. bit. So, yeah. But he hasn't shown on his on his Scorsese rankings. Yeah. I also think Leota should have been nominated for Best Actor and probably won that. God, he's Mm -hmm. so good. His laugh in this movie makes me (laughs) laugh every no matter how many times (laughs) i see that ridiculous laugh especially when you know joe pesci's doing his shtick at the table you know he's telling the story oh my god dude it's so hilarious his laugh that he does ray liotta is so good in this movie he he just pulls everything off in this film like from his from his kind of wide-eyed innocence near the beginning of the film uh-huh. where he's still where he's still becoming part of the family and down to like god his paranoia as he's just high on cocaine and the helicopters following him all over the place <laughs> so good he's so good in this movie absolutely and his and his narration's way better than uh, Kevin Costner's in it the, is uh, way better yeah, and Kevin Costner got nominated for Best Actor. Fuck that, right? <laughs> no, it's so true. Um, yeah, it's so true. And now it just sounds like we're shitting on Dances with Wolves, but we're not. If you listen to yeah. yesterday's episode, we're not. It's just that this movie was fucking criminally underrated at the Oscars this year. Yeah, yeah, and we held back a lot of the thoughts. I'm sure <laughs> just because we didn't yeah, want to spoil what we were gonna say. Yeah. Um. But yeah. It's the whole thing with Dances with Wolves was, in retrospect, people are like, oh, God, it beat Goodfellas. Ugh. And who who ended up winning Best Actor? I forget already. Uh, uh, Jeremy Irons for Reversal of Fortune. A performance I, have, I will say I have not seen. Yeah, I either, was going to so. say it's the – I had a list for Paul for movies, and it was the only one on the list I just could not get to because it wasn't as important as the other ones on my list. Yeah. But I really do want to see that movie because yeah, I yeah. do hear that it's really, really good. Right. And I love Jeremy Irons, but, you know, absolutely. Like said, he everything about Ray Liotta pitch perfect in this movie. Yeah. And and I'll, you know, I'll I'll go back on it if I watch Reversal of Fortune and Jeremy Irons just so good that I can't deny him. And he probably is. He's Jeremy Irons. Holy I was going to say, he's Jeremy Irons, man. It's, it's our, you know. <laughs> he's He's. He's one of those real steady actors that if I see his name then opening credits and I don't know he's in a movie, I'm I was automatically say he's on the another, side. He's an I feel like he's another Oscar winning uh like Reese Witherspoon that's criminally underrated, even though he has like the flags on his wall to show mm-hmm. yeah. you know the stature of actor <laughs> that he is, but somehow he's still underrated in my opinion. Yeah, somehow he can still be in uh house to be in more conversations. Yeah, he could be in House of Gucci and not be an Oscar contention for that while uh, people are talking about Lady Gaga and fucking Jared Leto. Like, they deserve awards more than he does. Yeah, because he's so good all the time. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, this fucking movie. Oh, God, I, uh, this fucking movie. <laughs> Pesci, outstanding. Oh, my Absolutely. God. He's and terrifying the, in this movie. And the he fact really that is. it comes out the same year as home alone so if <laughs> if you put these movies like next to each other and it's just like i think he's incredible in home alone because it's a dumbed down version mm-hmm. of <laughs> of what he would play and i it feel like this is joe pesci jr in home alone and then it's like all right kid you're old enough you could you're ready for this now yeah and 
my fucking God. Like he, he goes from just cut up to just monster in seconds. Dude, to- Tommy DeVito is the epitome of, I don't give a fuck. The epitome <laughs> yeah. of it. He doesn't give a fuck. He, he doesn't, he doesn't care who you are or what you have to say. He's, he's going to come out on top somehow. Mm-hmm. And he is just incredible in this performance. Yeah. I think I like to think about home alone, like being, uh, What's what he's doing while uh, Leota's character is still in jail? Like before, you know, it's just like on his downtime, he's out there robbing houses and shit. The only reason I can't say that is because uh, how stupid he is in Home Alone for falling for these traps. And right. Tommy and would never. <laughs> this kid would have got his fucking brains blown out immediately. Exactly. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, oh. the first time he hit, he hit. Tommy DeVito with any kind of bullshit. Tommy DeVito's coming back. It's like, oh, yeah, you motherfucker. <laughs> also, going back to Ray Liotta, like, when Tommy kills somebody for the first time and Ray's there, uh, Henry Hill, I'm just yeah. like, his face shows like, oh, what the fuck? Like, he's like, this guy's a fucking nutbag. Like, you can see... Yeah, you can see everything he's thinking on his face. That's how fucking good Ray Liotta is. I mean, this. going going back, yeah, going back to just the the how am I funny scene? Uh huh. Like, just the absolute terror on his face. He's on his like, face, yeah, yeah. He knows what a psychopath this man is, and he does not want to be on his bad side. And that scene immediately puts you in that headspace of what's about to happen. Yeah, like anything can happen in this moment because. Everybody is reacting. Every butthole that, that bar just tightens, and you can feel it. You know what? And you know what's crazy is this movie is so fucking stacked that I think De Niro's performance is like the fourth best performance in this film. It's it's yeah. wild how and it's good he is still in this an movie. incredible performance, but it's like the fourth best performance. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, crazy. It's crazy. And yeah, again, I I just want to say the only reason why he doesn't take the Oscar home is because how violent and how much swearing the movie has. It's because it's a straight up R-rated, maybe a TVMA rating for 1990, honestly, kind of a movie. And that's the only reason why it gets the snubs I think it gets at the Oscars, because this is the best movie of the year, hands down. 1000%. There's not I, a movie that's better than this movie. There's movies I enjoy more than this movie. There's not a movie better than this movie, in my opinion, in 1990. I have a hard time arguing against that. Yeah. It's so immaculately made and it's so tight. And for a movie that is two and a half hours, yeah. To have no fat on it is just such a rarity. There's not a wasted scene. Like, and everything comes back to the themes and everything is is important to the plot and to the characters and, and even in fast forwarding through 25 years of these people's lives doesn't feel jarring. Absolutely right. not really well done. Uh, you know, scenery and set changes and makeup and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all gradual. And yeah, this is Marty at his, uh, top of his game. Just like you said, immaculate. The, the editing is sensational. Oh, there's so many iconic moments yeah. and scenes in this film. It's just, it's one that I could, you know, sit here and gush over, but at the same time, <laughs> have a hard time really saying 
you know, oh, you just got to see it. You got to you got to see how beautiful the scene was shot or or the music. You know, we're getting back to Marty really showing his love of uh, all the cuts. I mean, he he's dropping in like 15, 20 seconds of a song here and there and there and everywhere. But it, it never comes across as too much or anything. It's I was going to say, this movie doesn't have a score. No. This movie just has like songs, like you just said, thrown in there at the perfect time. There's no score in this movie. And yet somehow you don't feel like there's dead space or no. tension that doesn't build. The actors are so fucking good that they have all the tension. You don't need any yeah. music, dude. This movie is incredible. And he stacks it so full of needle drops that when it's quiet mm-hmm. and there's no music going on, you're you're wrapped attention. Oh yeah. Again, at the end of the Pesci, you know, I'm funny and you have that it's literally like maybe five, six seconds, but it feels like a lifetime before, you know, Henry Hill is finally like, Yeah, you're joking, and then Tommy finally breaks or whatever. But it's so tense when everybody's quiet, because everybody in the whole fucking club is like yeah. Oh shit! Like yeah, everybody we're about to see and, some shit. And that goddamn scene where uh, Lorraine Barreco's character's talking to Nero, and he walks her down that sidewalk. Oh yeah, and he's like, yes. "Oh, the thing you want's like right around that corner," and it's dead silent, and all you hear is like her footsteps, like going down the the sidewalk. Yeah. Mm. Oh An- my god! Another scene too is um between uh. Henry and Karen when he wakes up and she's sitting on him with the fucking gun in his face. Right. And that whole tense build up. And then he finally takes the gun from her, throws her on the ground. And like, he gets up to walk away and she's bawling. Like that scene is so tense. There's, I'm, we could just name every scene in this fucking movie, honestly, because there's so many good scenes in this movie. No joke. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm, I could be prejudiced against Scorsese because when I think about Scorsese and we're ranking all these movies, it's so hard not to rank projects that he's done against Goodfellas. So, like, when I'm watching these other films that we've done, I'm like, it's okay. It's not fucking Goodfellas, though, because <laughs> I know the high level. And, you know, again— and we'll get to it as we go through movies. But I don't even think Goodfellas is his best mob movie. So this is how incredible Martin Scorsese is, is when he's like fucking locked in. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. I'd, um, I'd really forgotten um, how good Lorraine Bracco is in this. She, She's incredible. Yeah. I still don't think she does. I still don't think she gets it over Whoopi. Like I yeah, agree with the Whoopi yeah. selection. She's nominated. I'm not mad. I'm, um, yeah, she definitely deserves to be in the category. Uh-huh. And honestly, uh, we're going to watch Grifters later. And I've yeah. never seen Wild at Heart. So the three I've seen, yeah, I, I'm not sure she gets it over Whoopi, but she she should be here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Paul Servino, I'm telling oh. you, you have to watch Repo the Genetic Opera because even I really if— do. Even if you like, eh, I don't really care for the music because I still can't figure you out sometimes, <laughs> dude. So what's it called? I don't know if you're actually going to like like it, but you'll see his performance because he's the main uh, uh, antagonist. And I've been a Paul Sorvino fan for He a is long incredible. And he's just inc- – and he's a hell of a singer. He is a hell of an opera singer. So, I believe it. Yeah. And he's incredible yeah. in this movie too. I mean, everybody's incredible in this movie. There's nobody in this movie 
that I thought was not good. I even Samuel Jackson a stacks for the 10 minutes he's in this film. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, Samuel Jackson is fucking really playing his character like his character should be played. And then just how how many people from this fucking movie just go on to do amazing things be too? St- yeah, be stars. Yeah, Michael Imperioli is so good in his two scenes where <laughs> <laughs> we get shot and then killed. Yep. Shot shot more. Yeah. And then um, you know, there's real mobsters in this movie. Like yeah. again, I know that Scorsese has ties to the mob in some form. I'm not saying he's involved in any criminal activity, but he has relationships with mobsters, probably because they have an appreciation for his film and he respects what they do. But yeah. He has real mobsters in this movie. Do you understand the level of respect that an actual mobster that's doing illegal activity comes on camera and says, hey, I'm a mobster doing illegal activity? (laughs) You know what I mean? That's fucking who else is doing that? Who else can pull that? I I, I think Coppola got some for the Godfather films. But yeah, you're probably not finding many more outside of that. Right. Uh, and, you know, grow up in a neighborhood like this, those probably just the dudes you knew. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we covered it like an episode a while back that like Scorsese's uncle may have been in some shit. So he, he probably was hanging around those people when he was a teenager and shit. And right. Yeah. Not doing anything necessarily because, you know, he was a good Catholic boy, but he heard things. There's, there's, there's probably also a chance, and you know, this is just speculation that he was one of those guys that they thought could make it outside of outside of the criminal world, so they wouldn't let him in. Right, yeah. right. Marty, don't get involved. Yeah, you don't. Go you to don't need school. to be here. Take take this water cash and go see a movie. Yeah, and <laughs> again, just the narration of Ray Liotta, where when they're showing scenes and he's explaining people, mm-hmm. it just goes. It goes so well with the scene, like when he's talking about Paulie when they first introduced Paulie, yeah. and Paulie don't use the phone. Paulie don't talk in groups. He talks one on one, and you carry his message. And as he's describing who Paulie is as a person, and the scene is going on, you just you get it. You mm-hmm. get yeah. the characters immediately. It's so well written, and the performances are just so good. And. I just feel like we're repeating ourselves, but I really just don't even know what else to say because it's, this. It's, yeah, it's a hard movie to talk about without just gushing. You, you start to feel like Chris Farley for the Chris Farley show. You remember, you remember that 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 moment in the movie when yeah. this guy did this thing? That was awesome. That was awesome. And again, I'll watch this movie and forget about scenes that are coming up and I'll, I'll be like shit i forgot about this scene and what's it called i mm. fall in love with it, <laughs> with it all exactly that's again. why i like to watch it every couple of years <laughs> yeah oh um, man you know jonathan mentioned on uh yesterday's episode how he thinks it's the best uh what you say mobster or gangster whichever yeah. movie of all time yeah. um and it's always up there in the conversation with the godfather but they're very different films obviously where you don't have any that I can recall narration in the Godfather. Um, it's you no know, slower and more established shots with, you learn the characters from being there. But this one, like you said, like with the description of Polly, you're, you're getting so much more story and background through the narration. So it's not needless, but it's so well done that it just like 
you feel like you've known this character longer, even if they don't get as much screen time. Like the narration is. Yeah. And it, sh- it shows how important everybody is to yeah. the mob, to the, oh, what's it called? That the, the kind of company that they're running, you know, their right. business, yeah. like everybody's playing this role and, you know, they're just showing you how important all these <laughs> people are or, the beef that follows in suit because there's a good chunk of change of span of years that gets covered in yeah. this movie. Yeah. And you, and it's never telling you what you need to feel or how to think, or it's just giving you information. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a very, it's just a well, very factual film. And it I was going to say that's back, standard for Scorsese. I feel yeah, like was, nothing's ever. Say, right. It kind of goes back to mean streets where it's shot almost like documentary style where, right. you know, you're, you're just watching things unfold. Right. And while you have a narrator, you're still kind of just a fly on the wall. Yeah. Like, and the movie doesn't need to tell you that these things are bad because you should just know that they're bad things. Yeah. Or you can Jeez. see and Jeez. you feel it. You feel that it's bad. You know, you're just like, I want to do that. You know it's what like, I mean? I wouldn't want to live that lifestyle. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a 14 year old blowing up cars in the beginning of this movie. That's Dude. a good thing? Question yeah. mark. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> I would do it all except for the beating of my wife. But then, you know, what's it called? You also feel like this is so cool. You know, it's yeah. a cool thing to watch. And, and, and that's how you should feel because you need to feel, you need to feel how it felt to be Henry Hill to get sucked into this lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, and he does a great job explaining that of, you know, I don't want to be like my fucking dad over here scrubbing toilets, barely making it by. I want to make some real fucking money. And be a boss and not have to work and somehow yeah. make money. And the dude's never worked a day in his life. Yeah. And so you just watch essentially the corruption of a man's soul. And yeah. it's, it's an incredible, like, free fall into just madness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially, you know, when the coke situation, when now yeah. he's dealing coke and he's snorting his own supply and he right. looks fucked up, dude. You know, he is... He looks like shit by the end of this movie, dude. He looks like absolute shit. <laughs> one scene where he goes, he goes to pick up his brother and the doctor, who's um, the guy from The Wire. Uh, the doctor's the guy from The Wire. His brother's uh, the guy that checked on him. He's like, "Yo, yeah. you look like shit." He's like, "You look like shit." <laughs> that's just how that's how grimy he looks. And the fact that he gave him a Valium and went on his way, like, yeah, would never happen in a hospital today. Nobody's just throwing out Valium. Be like, you look like you could use one. Nineteen <laughs> eighty. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's. I'm just gonna. Sh- I'm just gonna shut up now and. That's it for me. I love this movie. I'm gonna do a quick shout out to that jukebox. I was so thrilled. Oh yeah, when that was I saw cool. that scene. <laughs> jukebox. Yeah, like, um, because my parents scored that. It was an old uh, '70s carnival jukebox that that a friend of theirs was like, "Oh, I picked this up somewhere. Um, if if you're interested in restoring it, I mean, it, it worked and it had played 45s. It just needs a little bit of um, restorative work to look good as new. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh shit." I really hope I inherit that one day. <laughs> it's in Goodfellas. I mean, not the same one, obviously, but well, maybe it is. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Probably. We'll we'll pretend like it is though. <laughs> Even though you have the same jukebox that they had in the movie, mm-hmm. I I feel that way in like '90s movies where they're sipping out of like 
coffee cups are used in cups that are like pretty standard <laughs> in households. And you always right. felt cool. Like, you know, I have those cups and it feels cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except <laughs> yours is a fucking jukebox from one of the greatest movies of all time. So it's so much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a movie, huh? That was written by. Okay. The... Yeah. So here's, here's, here's the fun, fun facts. Um, so Nicholas Pledgey, who is, of course, the co-writer of the film and the writer of the book Wise Guys that mm. the movie was based off of. Of course, they changed the movie, the name from Wise Guys to right. Goodfellas because of TV show. I do. I was going to say, I'm so glad they changed the name of the movie. I think, it, I think it was a good change. Yeah. I think it was a good change uh, because I think uh, Goodfellas works into a better bird pun with the good feathers. No, absolutely, dude. Um, so he was married to a uh, writer and director who many of you may know as Nora Ephron. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest voices of her generation. Yep. Who uh, Iconic scenes, too, that she's written. Mm-hmm. Who uh, overheard a lot of the discussions that Nicholas Pledgey was having with Henry Hill while writing the book. And... Uh, decided she needed to write her own script based off of his uh based off of what what she had taken from these conversations mm-hmm. that movie was called my blue heaven <laughs> uh and it also came out in 1990 yeah crazy and it's a comedy starring steve martin and rick moranish and it is delightful and and I do just want to note that they're both distributed by Warner Brothers. So yep. there's definitely in cahoots between I'm I know Martin Scorsese knows about this movie and you know they're all in cahoots together of we're doing this movie, they're making this movie and it's a nice little rub off of this one and I'm not going to lie to you, I probably enjoyed My Blue Heaven almost as much as I enjoy Goodfellas. It's so fun. Uh, Did it all take place? Is it all witness protection stuff? Like after, yes. like, yeah, like yeah. it could be seen as a sequel yeah. directly. Except, yeah, except uh, they changed his name from Henry Hill to Vincent something. Yeah, yeah, and then changed that to <laughs> Todd Wilkinson or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, and Rick Moranis is playing his FBI detail who's watching him until he does. Until he does uh, trial and <laughs> bro, <laughs> I just I just got to say, watching Ray Liotta's take on Henry Hill and then watching Steve Martin's take on Henry Hill, they're both the same character but both so different at the same time. Yeah. It blows my mind. <laughs> like, oh man, Steve Martin is genius, especially genius. especially in the the one scene where they're on the plane and he tries to tip the uh, dude. Yeah, the the. the Cocktail waitress or whatever it, her name is. It's just, she's like, we can't take tips. So he slides it in her pocket. Rick Brandis is like, you tip the stewardess? Well, I tip everybody. It's what I believe in. Well, actually, I believe in over-tipping. <laughs> and these are $100 bills that he's tipping everybody, too. Yeah. No, this, the movie's incredible, man. And, uh, oh, man, it's just such a good, funny take on Henry Hill. And it's a fun spiritual sequel. That, it that is, really... man. And the fact that Steve Martin was originally going to play the detect, the FBI agent, he was going to play Rick Moranis' role. And yep. 
somebody else was going to do it. And then they ended up just switching Steve over to the role. And I'm like, bro, like, thank God that worked out the way that it worked out because this was just a genius pairing for this movie. It's just oh, yeah, so, they're good. so good. And I was going to say, and then, you know, you throw in, um, what's her name? Uh, Joan Crusack. Joan, Joan Cusack. Yeah. She's incredible. incredible performance. Carol Kane's in this movie. Uh, Daniel Stern's in this movie. So Dude, we have, yes! Daniel Stern's in this movie! So we have two <laughs> films based off of the life of Henry Hill. One more directly, one loosely. One co-starring Daniel Stern, one co-starring Joe Pesci, The uh-huh. Wet Bandits, and Home Alone in the same year. It's just you... God, you don't <laughs> get this in cinema now. You just don't. These odd coincidences, quote-unquote, you don't get them now, dude. Yep. <sighs> it's exciting and, when this happens. And, and the fact that the two films are written by married couples just over the yep. moon, nerdtastic. I love it. Yeah. Mm, agree. Uh, all right. Any more notes on? Yeah. Goodfellas is a movie everybody knows. I don't feel like anybody knows My Blue Heaven. So go see My Blue Heaven if yeah. you are a fan of Goodfellas because you won't be disappointed. Or the next time you watch Goodfellas, have My Blue Heaven close by and watch it immediately after. Oh, that's what I did. I watched Goodfellas at night, woke up in the morning and uh, watched My Blue Heaven. And it's it's the only way to watch them. You have to watch them back to back. Yeah. It just makes sense. They're they're just a good time. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, if there's no more notes, let's get into our worsty judgment. All right, worsty judgments. Trav. Yeah. Where's the sitting on your Thursday ranking? Yeah, dude, this is a this is a five out of five uh movie. It's I'ma just come right out and say it, man. It's the number one the number one spot, dude. I mean, how could it not be? How could it not be Martin Scorsese's best movie to date? There it is. There it is. Number one. Zach, where's this sitting on your Thursday rankings? <laughs> uh, Goodfellas is uh, probably in. It's definitely in my top twenty-five movies of all time. Nice. I think it's. I think, absent of my opinion, it's legitimately one of the greatest films ever made. And you know, I did kind of wrestle with this a little bit because there are days. If you ask me on different days whether I like this or Taxi Driver better, um. But honestly, I think it's it's a better overall movie, and Marty's just doing everything absolutely perfect. So, for now, today, it's my number one. Nice. Today. I have a feeling it's going to be Paul's number two, maybe, or maybe even number three. I don't know. We'll see. But So, am I wrong, right or wrong, Paul? You're what very you close. Think? It is my number four. Number four? Wow. Oh, Okay. I love this film. And as you both said, there is literally nothing wrong with this film. It is top to bottom, just energy. Uh, I love Bauhaus's cinematography. I don't think it's something that we didn't discuss during this because we were so busy praising everything else. We just talk about him every week, too. So it's just like, I just don't want to, I just don't want to mention. Uh, Yeah, he's incredible. And I'm trying to keep track of his DPs. So uh, he, Yeah. yeah, he's been just a shot of energy for Scorsese during these 
uh, I, it's hard for me to wrench Taxi Driver out of my number one spot ever. Uh, I, I know I'm going to have trouble with that down the line. It really is a film that changed a lot of what I thought about cinema. I just loved The Last Temptation of Christ so much. And I think one of the big problems is I saw Last Temptation before I saw Goodfellas. So I just have it kind of at a high ranking. And I just think Raging Bull is a fucking masterpiece. Okay. Like good, like putting it down at four was one of those things where I, I, I probably shuffled it between three and four a few times before I really just gave into Raging Bull being every bit as good as it is. Yeah. I mean, uh, any of the top five for, you know, Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, After Hours, and Last Temptation of Christ for me, those are all uh, masterpieces. And And honestly, if you take out Last Temptation out of that, because I don't think Last Temptation is revered, um, you're talking about Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, and Goodfellas. These are three like revered movies in cinema, you know what I mean? mean? So it's like even Goodfellas being behind those two, it's, it's not even a, a jab at Goodfellas because the other two are just as revered. Yeah. So we're looking at the AFI 1998 list and the AFI 1998 list puts, well, I won't be shocked if raging bull was his highest. It's his highest. And it's at 24 and then taxi drivers, the second highest at, 47 and then i think i think goodfellas is his only other one on this list yeah because i think spielberg has four or five and that's the highest like one director has on this list uh yeah i mean yeah you're you're exactly right taxi driver raging bull goodfellas it's those are those are the three films i think most people think of when they think of scorsese and then because of our generation probably casino but we well, haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. But let, pump the brakes, Paul. We'll get the casino. <laughs> also, uh, I, excited. I, I, I did. I did forget to add a little note that uh, Scorsese and his Alfred Hitchcock worship, who of course used Bernard Herrmann to score Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. gets the legendary uh, credits director Saul Bass to do the the opening credits for this film. Nice, excellent. So. Uh, that's a name we will bring up again a little bit later. We almost forgot to mention Mama Scorsese too. Of course, she oh yeah, yes. Her, her sneaking into two Best Picture nominees this year. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know. This, this of course being not only the better film but the better performance from her. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's such a charming scene. I mean, it really brings uh, <laughs> see the dark. To it. How can we are talking about Charles? Yeah, you know, we're just talking about the mom. Oh yeah, Papa Scorsese gets in here too. Papa's in man. here too. Oh, it's yeah. a family affair, man. He's becoming fucking Francis Ford Coppola all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Casino's her last movie, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, but I think this is her biggest performance, like on in uh, narrative film to date. Oh yeah, and even after. Um, yeah. And apparently uh, they didn't even tell her that uh, <laughs> what was going on in the scene. They were like, your son's come home for dinner and he's hungry. So just fix him something. Oh, man. That's <laughs> Speak- good. I mean, I- 
Speaking of that, going back to my blue heaven, dude, when he gets off the plane back in New York to testify <laughs> and the moms there pretended to be blind and they just have this whole scheme, mama, uh, and they're going this back and forth. It is comedy gold, man. Don't, I was don't make rolling. me look like a criminal in front of my mother. <laughs> don't make me look like a criminal in front of my mama. <laughs> I'm telling you, it. this movie just reminded me how fucking good Steve Martin was back in his heyday. Oh, God. how good he still is. Have you seen Only Murders in the Building? No, I haven't, but, oh, you know. he's so good on that Everybody show. raves about it, and I just haven't. There's just so much going on. I just haven't been oh, able to dedicate myself to TV shows because I've been watching so many movies. But That was just yeah. One of those ones I was really excited about. So I watched it as it was being released. Yeah. So I was like, I, I don't think I'll sit and binge watch this. So I'm going to sit yeah. and I'm going to make sure that I watch this half hour of television every week. And I'll say this. I, I really do like Selena Gomez. But the way that Martin and uh, both the way both Martins talked about her, just how professional she is and how good she is. And they just raved about Selena Gomez, not really who she is as an actress, but like the behind the scenes stuff of who she is as an actress. And they just really raved about her. Yeah. And that goes, you know, that goes a long way. And she, she, she has really good comedic timing and she always has. Right. I love, which is a Waverly place. (laughs) Yes. I mean, yeah, of course you don't wizards. Wizards. I'm tired. Oh, I was gonna say, um, Caitlin uh, got her banjo recently restored, and has been a lot listening to a lot of Steve Martin banjo lately. And uh, mm-hmm. the Steep Canyon so Rangers. Yeah, he's so good. What a man! What a mighty man. good man! <sighs> All right. Well, that yawn wraps it up for me. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 ramp it up. We're just gonna sit here and continue to talking about. Things that have nothing to do with this show. Um, Trav, you want to let right. people know where they can I find forgot you my on name, the, but that's okay. the media store? I, I forgot where we were because <laughs> I don't have that written down. I just have, what are we watching next week? Zach was like, that's not right. I don't have your name written down. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't make me look like a criminal in front of my co-host, Paul. <laughs> uh, can you let people know where they can find you on the media social? You can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. You can also find me on, let me try and remember, uh, on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, ranking and rating my favorite movies. And uh, I watched a lot of 1990 films this week and really didn't get to watch anything new because me and my daughters have been watching all 60 Disney animated movies. So uh, that's what we've been doing. Oh, yeah. Like, chronologically or just like picking it no random? not well so what i did was i made a separate disney plus account and added oh. all 60 to the watch list and mm. then we take turns picking you know it, cool. so we picked kylie picked and then i pick and then we cycle back and we just pick during, everybody gets to pick a movie during during lockdown last year we did uh we wrote all of them into a wheel app right we just punched them all up and we would spin the wheel and the wheel would pick what we watched. And then we would watch that movie and its sequels. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I just saw the movie dinosaur for the first time from 2000. 
And yeah. holy shit, that movie still holds up as far as the graphics that they were able to accomplish in 2000. But the yeah. movie itself is not good. It is no. legitimately a Land Before Time <laughs> ripoff. And it's very boring. But it is a gorgeous computer-generated movie. Holy yeah. shit, I was blown away that it still holds up to today's movies and it came out in 2000. So props to Disney for investing the kind of money it probably took to create something like that back yeah, in 2000. They, they, didn't, they didn't have Pixar's backing at that point. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were still two separate companies. All right, Zach, where can people find you online? Well, uh, you can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R. I messed it up on both episodes tonight. I guess I'm tired, too. Zach Master, you can find me there. TikTok, House Havoc, Letterbox, search by my name, and then you've got this Mr. Workman over here. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watch. And just tonight, we watched Hotel Transylvania Transformania on Amazon Prime Video. I can't wait. I wish they would have put a lot more tinkles in the film. If you watch three and you understand mm -hmm. how great Tinkles was, mm -hmm. he's barely in this movie. And I think that was a real shame. That's that's where I'm going to leave that. Yeah. I also think I enjoy those movies a tad bit more than you. From I like those movies. Me reading your review. Yeah, I love those movies, though. So you like those movies. I fucking love Hotel Transylvania movies. So, you know, I'm really holding high hopes for this movie when I when me and the girls go to watch it, because I love this series. I'll say this. I think they get better every time, so... I'll say this. Gindy doesn't direct this one. He directed yeah. the first three. I knew that. I knew that. And he's he's got a story credit and a partial screen credit. Uh, and Sandler and Kevin James don't return for this one. So, mm -hmm. so that's... Uh, Two of the big, big names. Two of the big creative forces behind. But the we film. still got Selena Gomez in there. We still so. got Selena's Gomez. That's right. I'm holding out hope. At a uh, at a niece who called her Selena Gomez when she was very small, and it was mm -hmm. the cutest thing in the world. And <laughs> that's how we refer to her around the house still. Okay. Uh, what's the other thing we do? What are we watching next week, Zach? <laughs> All right. Excited to see how Trav feels about this one. We're watching Cape Fear, which you can rent on Amazon, Cinemax, Google, Voodoo, and YouTube. <laughs> I love, because I laugh every time Cinemax is a thing, too, because it's like, you know what you think of when you say Cinemax. Oh. Yeah. Cinemax. They'll never Cinemax. shake. They'll never shake that a stereotype ever. They they sure will not. All right. Well, we like to thank Trav. Trav, thank you so much. Oh no, thank you. Thank y'all. From our sister podcast, Lovely Up with Benjamin Banks for producing our show. We like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscars Pod and on Facebook at the Oscars Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. If you don't give us five stars, go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, Tommy. <laughs> so for Trav, Zach, 
and captures Corsese's painting of one dog looking one way and the other dog looking the other way. I would like for you all to have the damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>